trying to get to that elite level, there's going to be a lot that you do that's not necessarily fun. Um, you know, sitting on the rower for an hour or going to the track and running intervals in 90 degree weather. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never. My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment to change my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. It's Father's Day as I'm recording this intro, so special shout out to all the dads out there, and happy Father's Day, especially to my dad. My guest this week is Aaliyah Miller. Aaliyah is a CrossFit athlete. She's also a member of the New Jersey National Guard. So it was fun to get her on to talk about how she got started into fitness. Uh, She tells a really funny story about her first ever CrossFit class. We got into how she's actually had to take a step back and learn to not compare herself on Instagram, how taking more rest days has actually made her more fit and uh, just her competition schedule in the future. So really fun episode this week, and I hope you guys enjoy. Oh, geez. Uh, I've been out of school for a couple of years. I got to remember this. Um, so big in my lab was dopamine. Um, there's also like serotonin is yes, another like. Yes, yeah. That's what I was good. thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but specifically, we looked at we looked at dopamine. Um, there were a couple people in my lab who were studying fear conditioning. Um, so kind of like a negative stimulus and how your dopamine neurons respond to that negative stimulus. Um, but I specifically was studying reward learning, which is a positive stimulus. Um, so basically I had these mice that learned how to complete a behavioral task where they would press a lever and they would get a sugar water reward. Um, and then during that task at different time points in the task, I would either activate or inactivate specific sets of dopamine neurons, um, or I would just record the neural responses of the dopamine neurons while they were completing the task, um, basically trying to figure out kind of what the, um, the circuit looks like in the brain that encodes reward learning, uh, and specifically the dopamine neurons that encode reward learning. Um, so it's like, uh, like you could, sometimes we would see um, dopamine neurons respond before the mouse actually got the reward. Uh, So it's like predicting the reward. Um, They would also respond, you know, when the mouse actually drank the sugar water, which is the reward itself. Um, They would even sometimes respond like as the mouse was pressing the lever. Um, So yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, But I did that for, I started the PhD program in 2016. Um, I finished my master's degree in late 2018. And then I ended up leaving the program with my master's degree um, just because I I realized I wasn't going to be happy doing scientific research for the rest of my life. Um, and I needed to... I, I needed to find something that had more of a physical component to it because <laughs> um, I was going crazy just sitting at a computer or sitting at a bench for 12 hours a day. Um, so I left that program in 2018 with my master's degree and then ended up 
deploying with the New Jersey National Guard in 2019. We'll definitely get into that a little bit further. I can imagine like the mice just like knowing that the reward's coming, just boom, 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 just hitting the lever all day. Yeah, there's actually some interesting studies um, with rats and cocaine, and they actually, uh, they press a lever to get a cocaine infusion. And there are rats who will literally just press the lever like for hours. They will not stop for hours. They will literally overdose themselves on cocaine just because it's such a strong response. That's nuts. It's insane. And then didn't they do like more studies going on uh, if they had like community that they actually wouldn't do? Because I did hear something about this that like they would give the rats drugs or some some sort of, I don't know if it was cocaine, but like essentially they would do it once in a while if they had, if they were in a good community, but they, if they were by themselves, they would just kind of do that thing where they would just hit it over and over and over again. I've never heard of that, but that's really interesting. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's real. Um, I mean, I feel like social interactions can kind of activate a lot of the same like reward pathways that drugs or alcohol or you know sugar whatever would activate so having that same response from a community versus from a drug I would believe it (laughs) yeah and I can imagine like just doing the fitness piece like when you're around people you're doing a competition that's like essentially getting high all the all (laughs) the the receptors going off in your brain the dopamine when you hit a big lift and people are cheering for you I'm sure it's it's very similar Yeah, I was actually just talking to someone yesterday. Um, We're doing a competition next weekend. And we were talking about how like, the best part about competitions is just you get to go and be around other really fit people all day. And it's, it's such a fun experience just being in that community 100%. Yeah, the community piece in CrossFit is uh, because I compete in weightlifting. So it's, it's, it's just a lot different. Like when you see (laughs) Weightlifting is very, everyone's kind of, everyone's there, especially at high level competitions. Everyone is there. No one's really talking to each other. Everyone has their own personal coach. And then I was watching when Max competed at the Mid-Atlantic that every single competitor fist bumps each other after the workout. They're cheering each other on. And it doesn't, as soon as the workout ends, it doesn't matter who won or who came in last place. It just seems like everyone's having such a good time. Yeah, that's, I love that about CrossFit. It's like, even in competition, you know, you know when to put your blinders on and go, but outside of that, like everybody's just happy to be there, happy to be around other people who care about it as much as they do. And, you know, the the last person on the floor always gets the loudest cheers, right? Like that's what CrossFit is all about. And it's so cool. I'd love to just get started there. Like how, how'd you get into the the CrossFit journey. I saw you've been competing in the open since 2015. So it's been, it's been quite a long time. So how'd you, how'd you get to where you are now? So I graduated from college in 2013. Um, I was an ROTC when I was in college and I commissioned into the California army national guard, uh, after I graduated. And at the time I hated anything and everything related to fitness. <laughs> I was, fat and lazy. (laughs) Um, About a year after I graduated, I realized I was going to have to very soon pass a PT test for the army. uh, And I was in no condition to be passing a PT test. (laughs) So um, I was 
working somewhere at the time where right next door, they were opening up a new gym and it was a strength and conditioning gym. Uh, and they had like a free trial. So, um, I reached out and asked if I could do the free trial and it was actually, uh, a, a Thursday night and I was a little bit drunk <laughs> and I sent them an email and they responded on Thursday night and they were like, yeah, we've got a 6am class tomorrow. Come through. So drunk Aaliyah on Thursday night decided it was a good idea to go to a 6am class Friday morning, <laughs> um, showed up and nearly died. Um, the guy coaching the class said that he never thought he'd see me again, <laughs> but Monday morning I was back. Um, and it was just really cool. And, and actually the thing that drew me in was the community because I showed up to that Friday class. I didn't know anybody, nobody knew me, but everybody took the time to talk to me, introduce themselves. Um, you know, they were cheering me on through the workout because I was definitely the last one finished. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was really cool to just be so quickly accepted into a community. Um, so I went back on Monday and never looked back. Um, that was actually, it was a strength and conditioning gym. So it, it wasn't quite CrossFit and um, there was a much bigger strength focus. So I started out powerlifting. Um, we did the open mostly for fun. Uh, it was, I'm pretty sure it was like modified versions of the scaled workouts that we did. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if I even really did the open in 2015. Um, but, uh, started powerlifting, actually did a powerlifting meet in California, I think in, uh, 2015, maybe. And then uh, moved out to Jersey in 16 for grad school. And right before I left, I had started getting into Olympic weightlifting. Um, and I wanted to continue doing that when I got out here. But the only place I could really figure out to do that was at a CrossFit gym. So I ended up joining a CrossFit gym when I got out here, mostly so I could keep weightlifting. Uh, and then uh, they pulled you got in. into yeah, I got into real CrossFit and now here I am. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they see you in the corner doing the weightlifting on the blocks and they're like, hey, come come over here. This is more fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah was, I'm, I'm very happy. It's one of the best decisions, if not the best decision that I ever made in my life to start CrossFit. Yeah, it's awesome hearing everyone's origin story, and we all know that we've been the last person to to complete a workout. It doesn't matter how long that you've been at this, but there, at some point, you're going to be the last one, the last one done. And it, you see people cleaning up, and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm still going!" But people are cheering <laughs> for you and helping you get through that. the The community yeah. piece is just that. I really don't think there's anything like it. Yeah, I mean, I've never. I was a competitive gymnast and a competitive dancer growing up and you know, those had a pretty big community aspect, but nothing like I see in CrossFit literally anywhere. Like you can go to any CrossFit gym and it's the same thing. Everybody just loves to be there and be around the community. It's really cool. 
Yeah, and it's regardless of if you're going to compete. Like, there's a lot of people who do local competitions. There's people who are at your level knocking on the door of of these bigger competitions, and it's like everyone can do the same workout. And yeah, maybe you're doing more, you're doing more weight, kind of scaling up. But but regardless, everyone can kind of do the same thing and go through that together. Yeah, there's something special about suffering together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what's been the progression? Like you, you do your first kind of strength and conditioning class. Now you're in the top thousand in the world as far as fitness goes. So, so where was the, uh, like, where was the line when you're like, okay, I want to start taking this seriously. And, and I think this could be, could be my thing. Yeah. So, um, I think it was the 2017 CrossFit open. So it was, maybe six to eight months after I had moved to New Jersey started like real CrossFit. Um, and that was back when regionals was a thing. So I did the 2017 open. Um, I was over at CrossFit Nassau at the time and, uh, I ended up finishing, I think I was like 740 something in the Northeast region. And I looked at that and I was like, huh, that's like, not bad. I wonder how I could do if I actually like tried. (laughs) So, um, I ended up switching over to CrossFit Hamilton, uh, just because it was a a more competitive focused gym at the time. Um, and there were some high level athletes there that I could, you know, train with regularly. Um, started working with a coach to, you know, kind of work on some accessory stuff on the side. At the time I was still just taking classes. Uh, and then, you know, I'd do some like weightlifting or some gymnastics work after class. Um, 2018, I finished, I think I was top 150 in the Northeast region. And at the time, you know, top 20, 25, something like that would qualify for regionals. So after the 2018 open, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make regionals next year. And then we all know what happened to regionals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So RIP regionals. Um, So 2019, the 2019 open, I actually didn't end up doing the 2019 open because that was uh, right when I was leaving overseas for my deployment. So I spent half of the open in Fort Bliss, Texas, half of the open in uh, between Kuwait and Qatar. Um, So I didn't end up doing the 2019 open that year, spent most of 2019 deployed. And then the 2020 open happened at the end of 2019, because that was when they moved it from March to October. So in October of 2019, uh, I was... I was still training while I was deployed, but it wasn't the same. Um, You know, I didn't have access to a lot of the equipment that I had back here um, and just not the same, you know, time to be able to dedicate to it. I couldn't track my food the same way. Um, So I did the 2019 or the 2020 open at the end of 2019 and I did okay. It was, I mean, it was, I don't remember where I finished, but it, it was okay. Um, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, so then I came back, I got back into Jersey early 2020 and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm doing this thing. 
Um, so in early 2020, I started working completely one-on-one with a coach. Um, you know, at that point I wasn't taking classes anymore. I was just doing programming specific for me. Um, spent most of 2020 on a couple strength cycles, uh, reverse diet, trying to get my food back to where I needed to be. Um, and then in November, I started working with my current coach. Uh, her name's Elena. And she, she actually started out as my training partner. Um, and then she kind of shifted her focus to coaching and personal training instead of competing. Um, so I've been working with her since November and it's been huge improvements since I started working with her. So I'm, I'm feeling good. I, you know, I, I barely missed the cut for semis this year. Um, but I'm looking at next year and looking to make it see how far I can go. That's awesome. What's it, what's it like being deployed? Like how do you, what challenges were when you're trying to, to track your food or you're trying to get in the gym and you really don't have access to the equipment? Like I don't have any experience with that. So what's that like? Yeah. So, um, so I was deployed to Qatar, which is actually, people call it like a fake deployment cause it's, it's a pretty nice base. Um, so we had like a, a CrossFit room in the gym, um, that basically just had, you know, some free weights and a pull-up bar, uh, and some open space and a rower. Uh, so they called it the CrossFit room. Um, so there, I could still do a decent amount of stuff, but, um, you know, doing it by yourself with a remote coach while you're, you know, living overseas somewhere you've never been, it's, like 120 degrees outside every day and you're just drenched in sweat constantly. Um, and then on top of that, in terms of food, I had been tracking all of my food for probably two or three years before that deployment. And when I deployed, I basically couldn't track my food anymore because I, I was like weighing and measuring everything And now I am on this base where I'm eating at the dining facility, you know, whatever they decide to serve that day is what I'm eating. (laughs) Um, So it was, it was tough. I definitely gained some weight in a bad way, (laughs) which is weird. Most people get more in shape when they're deployed and I got out of shape while I was deployed. (laughs) Um, But it was it was challenging, but you know, it's temporary. You push through it, you get it done and you come back and hit it hard again. What were you doing day to day over there? Uh, so I was the medical operations officer for an infantry battalion. Um, our mission over there was uh, base defense. So we were the security for the base that was out there. So, um, you know, making sure that people coming on and off base were allowed to be there. <laughs> Um, and then my job as the medical operations officer was to basically coordinate and oversee all aspects of everything medical for the mission while we were there. Wow. That's awesome. And thank you for your service. It's awesome to hear, especially like as I'm, uh, as I was kind of doing research for this podcast, I'm seeing a little, a little of the army fitness, uh, stuff. And it's like, I'm just looking at myself and like, I can do more because look at what all of these people are doing. (laughs) 
Like you guys have the full-time job and then you're still finding a way to get in the gym and train and do these competitions. So I think it's absolutely awesome what you're doing. Thank you. It's, it's definitely challenging. Um, you know, trying to, trying to fit it all in can get very hard, but CrossFit is what I'm passionate about. So I'm going to find a way. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned, so you just missed the semifinals this year. What do you think's the the next step to get you you were like top in the top 250, but you need to get down to that top 120. So, so what do you think the next step is for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really just uh, continuing to, you know, work my weaknesses. Um, my coach right now has me on a wall ball program and a burpee program. <laughs> um, that wall ball row workout in semis that is a big reason why I missed the cut. I think, um, I've just, I've had a, a pretty bad mental block against wall balls. I'm not, it's not that I can't physically do them, but anything over like a set of 15 just makes me nervous. <laughs> um, so I've just been, I've spent the past couple of weeks just doing big sets of unbroken wall balls and it's just, it's dialing in those last few things. Um, I started working with uh, Meredith at Functional Eating back in February, right before the Open. Um, so I'm making some progress there, uh, getting to where I need to be in terms of, you know, numbers, body composition, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really just dialing in the last few details, I think. And, and I, think I, I think I have a shot next year. We'll see. Yeah, it's kind of just dialing in those small things. It, it you have the strength, you have the the fitness to do it. It's just like what's that last one or two percent that you can get? Yeah, and that's always the hard part. That's the part where, like, you know, when you're when you're kind of like starting out, you can change one thing and make huge gains and huge improvements. And then when you get to the upper levels, every improvement takes so much more. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh it's hard but it's fun yeah and it sounds like it sucks with the the wall ball and burpee program that does not sound <laughs> fun at all surprisingly i'm actually learning to love them <laughs> i did some burpee intervals the other day and i texted my coach and said i never thought i'd say this but that burpee workout was fun <laughs> <laughs> how important has it been for you to have that one-on-one -on -one coach like to to not just be doing the class workouts or even just going at it yourself and just programming. Oh, I suck at burpees. I'll just program a bunch of burpees. Like how important is it for you to have that relationship with a coach who's actually doing that for you? For me personally, I think it's super important and you know, everybody has their own way of doing things and what's going to work best for them. Um, but for me, it, I think it's made a huge difference having somebody who knows me, as an athlete knows the way I move, knows the way I think. Um, you know, like I said, we started out as training partners. So she, she knows so much about me as a person, as an athlete, she's one of my best friends, like having somebody who knows me that well, who can, and who also understands, you know, exercise physiology and program design and all that kind of stuff as well as she does. Um, being able to build specific programs and progressions that will help me specifically, um, I think 
I think that's really what's going to make the difference between me making it and not making it. Um, Cause you know, there, there's obviously there's things like, you know, there's the mayhem program, misfit program, you know, training think, think tank, all these competitive programs that work very well for a lot of people. Um, and I, you know, I think I could follow one of those programs and it would work well, but having that little bit of extra personalization um, for me, that's really important because I'm able to literally just put all my trust in her because I know that she knows what she's doing and she knows me well enough to know what she's doing. So I don't even have to think about it. I just trust that what she's going to do is going to work. And I just do what she says, put the work in and it's working so far. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's awesome. Having that trust in your coach where you're like, I, you don't have to spend the time worrying about, Hey, I'm not sure if this workout's like the best for me or why are we doing this way? You're just like, no, I trust you. I'm going to do what's yep. written and, and we'll see where we land. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's a sport where you're kind of, it's hard because everybody is getting so much better every year. I'm watching, I was watching the mid Atlantic and I'm like, holy shit, these guys and girls are just so strong. They're so fast. It's like, it's scary how good people are getting. Yeah. And it's like, even when you're getting better, everyone else is getting better at the same time. So, so it's kind of, it's been cool to watch though. Yeah. And did you see any of the teens at the granite games? I did not know. Oh man, Mal O'Brien, Emma Carey, they are terrifyingly good. <laughs> it is I mean Mal won Granite Games and I think Emma took second. And they're both 16, 17 years old competing in the open division. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we're seeing the the first batch of people who are coming up who instead of playing soccer or field hockey or baseball or whatever, they're doing CrossFit as their sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see and also terrifying. <laughs> Have you gotten discouraged when you see, especially with the Instagram culture, you can kind of see what everyone else is doing. Does that make you feel like your own progress isn't enough or have you struggled with comparison, anything like that? Definitely. Um, it's, it's always hard not to compare social media, especially, um, you know, when you think about the fact that people for the most part are only posting the good and only posting the PRs and only posting, you know, yeah. And I, I'm guilty of it too. You know, I edit my videos to cut out my rest time and things like that. Cause nobody wants to see that. Um, but it's, it's really hard to see that stuff and, and to think like, oh, I'm not doing enough because look at what they're doing or look at, you know, look at their time, look at the volume that they're doing, look at the weight that they're lifting and I'm not there. Um, but at least just being aware of kind of that trap that you can fall into and like, yeah, sometimes I do fall into it, but having the awareness to know, Oh, this is bad. I need to stop. You know, maybe, maybe I need to unfollow that person or maybe I need to, you know, take a break from social media for a little bit. Um, it, 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 it's hard, but I'm, I'm learning to learning to handle it. 
Is that a conversation you've had with your coach? Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah. It's, and, and it's one of the, that is another reason why I'm really lucky to have a coach that I trust so much because you know, when I see these other people posting about like, oh, you know, here was my eight hour workout today. And this is just a regular workout day for me. And, you know, I'm talking to my coach and, and she's like, that, that's not, it's not real. Like people don't just do that. You don't need to train eight hours a day to be good at this. And I trust her and her knowledge enough to say, okay, she's right you know, I need to just ignore the Instagram or whatever and do what she says. And that's going to get me to where I need to be. Yeah. hundred percent. Are you training with people on a regular basis? Or are you kind of just doing your own thing in the corner right now? I mostly train alone. Um, I am at the gym on off hours. So like between classes, um, you know, when nobody else is there, um, a lot of that had to do with COVID and, you know, trying to maintain social distancing and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I train by myself a lot. <laughs> um, in some ways I like it because, you know, some days when it's just like a, a grind, you can just put your head down and go and not really have to worry about, you know, who or what's around you. Um, but it also gets hard. And that's why I, I try whenever I can to, you know, travel around, train with other people. I was just with Max and Nick yesterday. Uh, I was down in uh, Hamilton with Evan and Connor and a couple other guys the day before. Um, you know, whenever I can get out and, and train with other high level athletes, um, I definitely try to do that. Yeah. It's almost just like that extra stimulation that you get. And Paige has been Paige Henry's been on the podcast and she talked about that how she's training mostly alone but when she does get those days where you're bringing in somebody else and it's like the best training day ever and Max said the same thing yeah absolutely yeah so do you prioritize that like hey on Saturdays I'm gonna go train with somebody or is it just kind of whenever you can get out um yeah it varies from week to week um you know, if there's a Saturday where I don't have anything going on and there's other people available, I'll text my coach and, and be like, hey, can we make this work this week? And generally she can figure out a way to make it happen with my programming. Um, and so any like basically any time that I can find other people available and we can set something up, I try to do it. Yeah. So what about, um, I wanted to ask one more question about the military. Like what lessons have you kind of brought over? Cause I can imagine there's a lot of correlation between being in the military and the discipline aspect to trying to be the fittest person that you can be. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest one is, uh, it's a pretty big saying in the army, embrace the suck. <laughs> um, it's, it's one of those things where, a lot of things are not necessarily going to be fun, um, especially, you know, when you're training to be a high level competitive athlete, um, you know, it, generally people are working out to stay in shape, have a little bit of fun. But if you are trying to get to that elite level, there's going to be a lot that you do that's not necessarily fun, um, you know sitting on the rower for an hour or going to the track and running intervals 
in 90 degree weather. Um, but you just got to push through it and you just know that it's making you better. Yeah. I love that mindset. Is there any days where you're just like, okay, I've embraced the suck enough. I need to go home and just take a rest day. I, I'm pretty good. Well, not me. My coach is pretty good about programming my rest days. <laughs> um, if, if I was programming for myself, I would not be taking nearly enough rest days. Um, but generally I have two rest days a week. So normally Thursdays and Sundays are completely off. You know, I might go on a walk or something like that, but I'm not going to the gym. I'm not running. I'm not doing any of that stuff. Um, And so I think that's been a pretty good balance. Um, You know, sometimes I'll get to my Wednesday workout and if Wednesday's a double, I'll get to my second session on Wednesday and be sitting there wondering how the hell I'm going to get through it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, knowing that I have that rest day coming up the next day helps a lot. Um, And it's just one of those things where you just, you try to get through it for quality. Um, you know, if, if you're not going to, if you're not going to make it quality, it's not worth even doing. Um, but you know, try to push through it and just know that you have that, that reprieve coming up. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite quotes by, uh, there's a UFC fighter, Michael Bisping, and his coach used to tell him it takes confidence to take a day off. And a lot of people just want to, you just want to add in more. You want to add in more. And I've done that in weightlifting where sometimes it's like, hey, it takes confidence to to take a complete rest day and not feel like I need to do anything. And yeah, you can obviously take that to the extreme. If you're taking four rest days a week and you're only training three times, maybe that's not the best. But sometimes the rest is what's actually the next step, the the 1% that you need. Yeah. I actually, I like that a lot. I've never heard that quote before, but I like it a lot. It's yeah, that's really cool. And it's, it is really hard. And, you know, going back to the social media thing, like scrolling through Instagram on my rest day and seeing people in the gym, it is so hard to convince myself that I shouldn't be at the gym on my rest day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think part of it is, you know, wanting, not wanting to fail because I'm not doing as much as somebody else. And another part of it is just the gym is where I like to be. Um, and so having days where I'm not going there is hard because it's, it's where I'm happy and it's where I like to spend my time. Um, but you know, knowing that I need to take the time off and I need to give my, my body the opportunity to recover. And, you know, even something as simple as like, Hey, you like knowing you don't get stronger in the gym, you get stronger when you recover. And so the more I learn about kind of like exercise science and things like that, the easier it is for me to accept the fact that I need to take time off. (laughs) Um, but it's still hard just because that's where I like to be. (laughs) And I would spend all day there if I could. Even the exercise (laughs) science, like the textbooks though, I feel like they haven't caught up to CrossFit because I mean, 10 years ago, if you told people that you were going to train for even two or three times a day, they're like, no, that's, you can't do that. 
your your body's gonna <laughs> overtrain and and it's like we're watching people do this all the time you're seeing matt frazier train six hours a day and he's the fittest man alive so maybe those textbooks need to be rewritten but there's definitely yeah. some, tr some truth to to kind of both sides that you can always train yeah. you can always do more than you're doing but maybe doing too much more isn't the answer either yeah and and i think it's it's a combination of you know going back to the textbooks but also just keeping up with like the research of the field right now um you know a lot of that isn't necessarily in the textbooks but um you know there's a couple instagram pages that i follow that are all about like um you know exercise science research and things like that and just kind of keeping up with uh what people are are doing here and now and it's like little things like that you'll see something and you'll be like oh that's why I need to do that. That makes sense. And now it's in written scientific form so I can trust it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure having that, that ability to actually read research because sometimes people yeah. send me research articles and I'm like, I don't know how to read this abstract. Like this makes no <laughs> sense to me. That is something that I'm very, very grateful for my time in research is being able to actually read articles. Um, it gets easier. It just, you just got to push through the, you know, the first four months of reading scientific articles, you're not going to understand 90% of it, but you just keep reading. And then eventually you'll start to understand maybe like 20%, 30%. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, I, probably only understand like 50 to 60 percent of the articles that I read uh, but that's normal <laughs> yeah and it's probably like 40 to 50 percent more than the average person <laughs> understands <laughs> well what do you do to unplug like we're talking about fitness and and you have you know big goals to get to the I don't want to put it in your words but like get to the CrossFit games or if it's the next level at the semifinals but what do you do to unplug like what what do you do to just relax and you know tune into Netflix or what's what's your rest day look like I do watch a lot of Netflix um I like to go on walks um that's something that I started doing when I started working with Elena she's a big proponent of walks on rest days. So I'll just, I'll go on a walk. I'll listen to a podcast. I'll, you know, call my family, uh, my parents and my, actually my whole family right now is out in California. Um, cause that's where I'm from. So I'll, you know, go for an hour long walk and just talk to my family for the day. Um, I like to watch Netflix and hang out with my cats. <laughs> Uh, I do have two cats, but I'm not a crazy cat lady. I promise. Um, but yeah, I, I am a big Netflix fan. Um, I like a lot of, a lot of, uh, the Netflix original series. They have a lot of good ones. Um, a lot of foreign films. Yeah. I can't watch the foreign films. Anything that's in a different language that they have like somebody else speaking, I can't do it. I can't you gotta watch it. it with subtitles. I can't watch dubbed movies. That just drives me crazy. I am not a huge fan of subtitles, but eventually you get used to it. Um, there's a really good German series on Netflix called Dark. Okay. And it's subtitled, but it is one of the 
best shows that I've ever seen in my life, hands down. Okay. Well, I'll give it a try. I'll see if I can do the subtitles. <laughs> well, this this has been awesome. What's what's next? Like we're ta- we're talking about, you know, your goals in fitness. Like what what's coming up for you? Um, so I've actually I've got a competition next weekend. I'm doing the uh, Rally in the Valley at South Mountain CrossFit. Um, that's a partner competition. So I'm doing that with uh, my friend Greg. And then in July, I'm going out to Missouri for the Monster Games. Um, that's out. I think it's near Kansas City. Uh, it's a partner competition that I'm doing with my friend Maria. Um, and then in September. I've got two competitions. I'm doing an individual competition um, in Maryland. It's called uh, Metcon Rush. Um, And then I'm doing a team of four competition in Wisconsin called Big Impact Games um, with a couple people who are actually the new members of the Army Warrior Fitness team. So we'll be going out to Wisconsin for a team of four competition. Well, well, that's awesome. Best of luck. And uh, where can people find you if they want to keep up with all these competitions? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is Aaliyah underscore Miller. It's E-L-L-I-A underscore M-I-L-L-E-R. And that's where I post anything and everything fitness with the occasional cat picture. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. This was really fun. <laughs> thank you for having me. It was fun. Once again, thanks so much to Aaliyah for coming on the show. If you guys want to give her a follow, it is linked up in the show notes. Just click on Aaliyah's Instagram and it'll take you right there. And if you guys enjoyed this one, just share it out on your Instagram story. That is the best possible way that you can help the podcast. We've been getting a lot more shares lately, so that is how you can help this week. Uh, Spread the message if you like this one. So thanks again for tuning in, and I look forward to talking to you guys on the next one.